The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, When the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the angels with him, he will sit upon his glorious throne, and all the nations will be assembled before him. And he will separate them one from another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. A stranger, and you welcomed me. Naked, and you clothed me. Ill, and you cared for me. In prison, and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him and say, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and welcome you, or naked and clothe you? When did we see you ill or in prison and visit you? And the king will say to them in reply, Amen, I say to you, whatever you did for one of these least brothers of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you accursed into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. A stranger, and you gave me no welcome. Naked, and you gave me no clothing. Ill and in prison, and you did not care for me. Then they will answer and say, Lord, when did we see you? Hungry or thirsty, or a stranger, or naked, or ill, or in prison, and not minister to your needs. And he will answer them, Amen, I say to you what you did not do for one of these least ones you did not do for me. And these will go off to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. The Gospel of the Lord. I am sure you have watched what is happening in Ukraine with the same heartbreak and helplessness that I feel. Every day, and sometimes even every hour, I check the latest news to see if there's been any improvement, but nothing yet. Even the small glimmer of hope and humanity, trying to get the civilians out of the teeth of the fighting, failed when Russia continued its attacks after agreeing to a ceasefire. Since February 24th, when the invasion commenced, we have all been praying for peace and a quick resolution. We have prayed for the refugees, over one and a half million at present, who are now homeless. And we have prayed for all world leaders to exercise calm and caution so we don't cross over the brink into World War III. But do you know who we should really be praying for? We should be offering masses, rosaries, and sacrifices for the Russian president, Vladimir Putin. Has anyone said a Hail Mary for Putin lately? Maybe you're thinking, we should not pray for Putin, we should assassinate him. 
But in a sense, that is below our pay grade, below our pay grade. Because Christians are at a higher pay grade. Why should we pray for Putin? Well, because Jesus taught us unequivocally in the Sermon on the Mount, you have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. In other words, Jesus is contrasting the justice taught in the Old Testament, the lex talionis, eye for an eye, with the justice of the New Testament, perfectly embodied by Jesus on the cross, who prayed for his persecutors, the Roman soldiers hammering the nails into his hands and feet. A very simple test of whether our faith is stuck in the Old Testament or has matured into the New Testament faith is whether you can say a prayer for President Putin today. Can you say one sincere Hail Mary for him? Besides the biblical basis, here's another reason to pray for Putin. It comes from the ancient Greek philosopher Plato, who put his teachings on the lips of his own teacher, Socrates. In a dialogue called Gorgias, Socrates argues that it is worse to commit a crime, even if you get away with it, than to suffer a crime that is done to you. In other words, it is worse to be rich with ill-gotten gains than to be poor but humble and honest. Applying that principle to the war in Ukraine, President Putin, who has launched an unprovoked attack on the Ukraine and who has bombed apartments and even schools, is worse off morally and spiritually than the displaced refugees and even those who have died. From the perspective of eternity, the poor Ukrainians who suffer now are in a better state than the powerful Putin who sits comfortably eating caviar in the Kremlin, but whose eternal destiny is very much in danger. For that reason, President Putin needs our prayers far more than the persecuted and powerless Ukrainians do. Here's a third reason to pray for Putin. Prayer opens our eyes and helps us to see things, especially to see others as God sees them. You know, I often counsel people who are arguing and fighting, usually married couples, and I tell them to pray for each other. Why? Well, prayer softens our hearts and sparks a glow of love for the person we are praying for. You cannot pray for someone and hate that person at the same time. There's not enough room in one human heart for both those dispositions. Prayer and hate are mutually exclusive. When we say a prayer for President Putin, we begin to see him as God sees him, and a little less like how we see him. And that is a very different point of view 
Because God is the father of all people, even Russian presidents and oligarchs. Brothers and sisters may hate one another, and we do, but parents never hate their own children, no matter how evil their behavior. Prayer opens our eyes and our hearts to see and to love like God does. Today, say one Hail Mary for President Vladimir Putin and show you are a Christian worthy of the name and earn your pay grade. Praised be Jesus Christ.